Alana. Yes. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. Good we've been, morning. We've been up for a little while, though. Yeah. Around six, you got up to use the bathroom, came back to bed, and then we just started talking. Uh-huh. Because I, I was thinking you're going to go back to bed, so I'm going to read a little bit more of this book uh-huh. I'm into. But it was cool. I was glad we got to talk. Yeah, I was, I mean, I fell asleep at, well, actually, I was really tired yesterday. I noticed. took a couple of naps, slept for most of the second movie. I was terrible. It was terrible. And then, and then I went to bed at about 10 something. Did we take a couple of naps yesterday? I did. You took one too. Oh, that's right. Okay. You took a short one. I took I took one that was like maybe an hour, and then I took a thirty minute one. I don't remember the thirty minute one. That was uh, at three o'clock, like after three, and then I said, "Could you wake me up in thirty minutes?" Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and I was just I was just exhausted yesterday. I don't even know why because I had a good sleep the night before, so. I don't know. I'm glad you're with us today, babes. Yeah, I feel more awake this morning. We were talking about Woolworths. Woolworths. And I told you about... Can I put my head here on your shoulder? Yes. The apartment that's in the Woolworths building. Yep. That is 15,000 square feet. Wow. I don't know if they sold it yet, but I've seen some YouTube videos on it. Mm -hmm. It seems really, really nice. And they're asking $40 for it. 40 million. I yeah. would think it would be at least um I don't know like I don't know 100 million or something. Considering there's apartments that are more uh, way more expensive than the Woolworths one and aren't as nice. Well, come come compare that to the um the Japanese themed apartment. Was that the one in New York, right? Yeah. The one with the rocking foundation. And the elevators apparently have uh, problems in it. And that one, they want $170 million. That's insane. But I don't think they've sold that one. I think the Woolworth one would cost at least $170 million. You would think because it's in an older building that's respected, but it's been renovated. Yeah. And I think it's a lot bigger than the Japanese one. Oh, yeah. And, and everything's working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. If I had... $40 million to just throw around, I would for sure buy that place. You could actually say, hey, I, I live in Woolworths. Mm-hmm. Or the building. <laughs> I live in the building, the which used one. to be Woolworths. Yes. Yeah. I remember Woolworths um, in Hawaii when I was a kid, and I think I went there a few times, and I was surprised when it uh, it closed down. I don't remember going there. Yeah, I did. I went there maybe, um, I went there a handful of times. Nice. Yeah. Yep, and that's before, of course, uh, before Kmart came to Hawaii and eventually Walmart came to Hawaii. But um, And then we had the local um, stores like uh, Pay and Save. ABC Store. Uh, yeah, Sack and Save was another one. The ABC stores were like all over the place. I think. Yeah. Those are fun. You could get, you can get some, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me of a 7-Eleven. I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen them in the mainland because, just because they're so big in Hawaii. I know, but you can get all kinds of stuff. What did you used to buy at the ABC stores? I bought a lot of OJ there. Mm-hmm. I thought about buying an ukulele there because they sell like the cheap ones. The toy ones? Yeah. Yeah, those are fun. Um, I remember, um, so my family 
was a Navy family and we used to go to this store called the, the Navy Exchange because we lived in military housing and they were, you know, all over the place. And, um, and my, my sisters used to get uh, toy ukuleles and then I used to buy these little dolls with um, different colored hair in these dresses. Oh my God. I did. And I, yeah, we used to buy those things at the, uh, the toy department. And then they had this, uh, the, this, they, there used to be a cookie corner cookies that used to be, um, outside of the store and we would buy cookies. Um, I had a good time shopping there. That's fine. And they were cheap. Yeah. You can buy different clothes and everything. And then, and then we would go to the grocery store at the commissary for, uh, military families. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good, uh, items there. And it was, uh, I guess, uh, from what I heard it was, um. Um, at a good price. Well, you can't shop there anymore, Jay. Whoa. I'm sure there probably is um, commissaries in Hawaii. Still. But as far as the army stuff goes, you can, you're not allowed to do that. The army stuff? Yeah, because you, you said you dropped at the Navy Exchange. No, no, no. It was it was for military families of all kinds. Yeah, but I'm saying you can't shop there now because your dad's no longer in the military. Yeah, we can. Really. Yeah, just like the, I think we still can because just like the, the vets can still go to the, um, yeah, you can still go to the VA if you're out of the military. No, but that's because you serve the army. All you did was you were born into a family where your dad served the military. So like maybe he could still shop there. I don't know if you could. No, we could still, I mean, even when um, my dad was out of the military and, and I moved to Washington because my um, my uncle was stationed in Washington for a long time. And uh, we were still able to do that. No, but that's because you went with your uncle. I, so a question I would have for you then, you have a sister who lives in Hawaii. Does she still stop, shop there? Yes. Oh, she does? Yes. And her man was I, never I, in the military. No, no, no. Because, so um, I don't, I think she went to visit a friend of ours who was working there. And her husband was in the military. But I think she was still able to go. Okay. Now, now, now. Granted, I don't know if she went by herself or if she went with her husband, her um, not husband, but um, if she went with somebody else. But mm. her um, but our a friend of ours that grew uh, that grew up in Hawaii with us um, later, um, coming to Hawaii when she was a teenager, um, she was working there and she um she took me there. And uh, we got to say hi to her. She's working there. So um, I think, you know, military families who are out of the military or, you know, especially if they're in the military, I think they can still go there. I'm going to have to do some research on that. That sounds a little bit suspect. Like maybe you could go and see a friend, but I don't know if they'd let you shop there if you don't have a military ID. Because as families, you get the special IDs, right? Yes, yeah, you have to get a um yeah, you have to get an ID every uh I think every 3 years. Mm. Um for uh you know because you're in your dad's in the military or mm-hmm. you know um so we had to get um yeah, because a state ID is different than a military ID. Mm. And I had to carry and I carried my military ID which um I showed when I uh went into the store. So uh so I don't know, you can check on that. I I'm I'm assuming that that's that you can still do that even if your your parent is not in the military. But how would you do that? Because you can't get a military ID. I don't know. So I don't. But know. I don't know. But then I don't know. I I'm sure they probably still to they probably still share, or 
require you to show it. But I don't know because I haven't been into a uh, Navy exchange in a long time. Okay, but what I'm saying is, how would you get a military ID? You would have to go to the, I think you would have to go to the DMV or someplace where they do that. Which I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, but, this story is falling but, apart here, but I but, love you. Oh, wait, wait. I noticed you, well, remember this is our first week of where the new policies are. Oh, oh, a so new policy. you say something that I get offended by, I'm going to tickle you. Well, remember, I'll tickle you back, but for fiercer. I'll tickle you back, but feel... What else? Yes, I will. What else? I learned it from you, you know. Well, no, you didn't. Yes, yes, I did, because you started tickling me before. I have a very close friend Uh who was born and raised in India. Uh Uh-huh. And what what do you do? You just hit the wall. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. He obviously learned English growing up there, but because he's, you know, Catholic Uh and... Very religious, doesn't believe in kid touching, but believes in the other stuff that the Catholic Church does. He he didn't really learn how to swear. So he comes to the U.S. and very smart person. And we met, this This is a long, long time ago. We're still super close. Uh-huh. And one day we're at our blindness training center of yes. choice. Yes. And he's just like, oh, what the fuck is going on with this shit, right? And he says this in front of some of our teachers. So I'm like... You can't, you can't just swear like that. And he's like, Rick, uh, these words I have learned, I've learned from you. <laughs> you learned it from you. See, you're a bad influence, bub. We just. Uh, wow. <laughs> I was gonna see if you're waking up. <laughs> Are you awake? Hey, wake up! Hey, wake up! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. All right, well, um, give me a kiss. <laughs> kiss the good boy. <laughs> You're a bad influence, Bubs. Why was I bad influence? They're just you words. You said you learned it from you. Yeah, those are just words, though, babes. You're not just a word, Bubs. You know what George Carlin used to say? It's it's like, if you, instead of saying they fucked, you said they engaged in adult relations. The idea has still been expressed. So why not just use the word? Yeah, it's an excuse. Yeah, I think, I think uh, conservatives overthink this stuff. <laughs> that's it, Bob. That's it. Fighting words, Bob. Pitch, pitch, pitch. Okay, okay. That's that's enough pandemonium here. Ah. <laughs> Give me a kiss. Then. Give me a kiss. I don't think you quite understand it, but... Oh, give me a kiss. But I love you anyway. Ah! Tickling doesn't stop until we kiss with you. <laughs> That's not right. It's Wait time a minute. to kiss. Wait a It's time to kiss. <laughs> the good boy. <laughs> but then, then, okay, so the name exchange thing, maybe I should check into that too, but I, I don't know why they wouldn't just let you... I don't know. Because I don't see how you could get a military ID now. And if you need that to get in there... So I don't know if they just use, I don't know if they just want people to show their military IDs only. Cause if, if Are you keep, folding blankets? I'm folding mine. Okay. Because keep in mind, I haven't been there in a long time. And um, so I don't know. Uh, so I, I couldn't answer that question. Uh, and I don't know if you could just say that, oh, my family was previously in the military and... Uh, I want to know if I can show my state ID. I don't know how that works, actually. 
But I'm, I I don't know why they wouldn't. I think you want for a real I don't know what the requirements are now. I, I don't think that's going to work for you. But. <gasps> How would you know? You're not All right, here's, here's a test then. What? Find a Navy exchange in Portland. Go down there and try to get in. Mm-mm. <laughs> I don't need to go there, though. Okay, I'm sure you don't. I, I don't. Okay. And I've never shopped there alone. I've usually just gone with my family. Oh, so. oh. well, I, I still love you, babes. How old are you when you have to get your first military ID? I was 10 when I got my first one. Wow. Yeah. Nice. I was 10, and <clears throat> and I had to get one uh, every three years. Nice. And then you went AWOL at some point. No, I didn't. Uh-oh. My dad, um, my dad left the Navy in 94. And uh, I eventually got my uh, state ID for Washington years later. And I can't remember when that was, but um, yeah. Well, here's a dumb question. What? So you moved in with your aunt and uncle in... 95. 95. Yeah. Your dad left the military. Yeah. Um, in 96... Yeah. Your military ID was, you know, you needed to get it renewed. Because you were living with your aunt and uncle and your uncle was in the military, did you get to get a new military ID or how did that I whole thing work? Can't I remember? So so my uncle, okay, so the uncle that I was living with yeah. uh was out of the military for a long time. By the time you moved in with him. Yeah. So I don't think I don't believe I got it renewed. Oh. I, I can't remember actually. That's a good question. I really can't remember because by then my aunt, my uncle was out of the military for years and my dad left the military in 94. Nice. So I couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, there should still be benefits for uh, soldiers, but I don't know about jail over here. Oh my goodness. Oh, so we talk about babes. What? I told you the other day. That I am signed up to make my first motion picture, but we're you're not signed, sure. We're not sure about the co-star yet. You're signed up to make your. No, you're not. Are yep, you? I am. I told you that yesterday. Oh, babe. for good boys. Yeah, we're making. You've seen bad boys, but we're gonna make Goodness. good boys. But the <laughs> problem is, we're still searching for a co-star because it's supposed to be a buddy movie. We don't know if there's anybody good enough to be my co-star, but I told you that there's a chance I might get you to play one of the leading ladies in the film. Because there's going to be a romance. Am I going to be the girlfriend of the good boy? And, and by yeah. the way, what company is this that you signed up with? Good Boy Productions. <laughs> but they're doing it in partnership with uh, Columbia Pictures. Because it's, you know, it's kind of, you know, a take off of Bad Boys. Well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Well, it's an action wait, comedy wait, with some romance. Wait a second. Hold on a minute. What's up? Don't you have to actually start the company before um, you can make this picture? It's Good Boy Productions has been in effect for years, babes. When? Who? Uh, you know, uh, I don't want to go into the specifics, babes, uh, but let's just say that it's... Uh, that's just like the okay guy making the, uh, making uh, music, which isn't, is, is not even, uh, happening. Look, we, mm-hmm. with that project, we've faced some issues with the record producers. What record? And the, the okay guy the... record, but <laughs> it'll come out when it's meant to. Okay records? Yes. But... <laughs> Good boys, again, our big problem is finding a good co-star, but I am officially signed up to make the film. Really? Yeah, we're talking to possibly Steven Spielberg. He's expect, <laughs> uh, expressed some interest in directing. James Cameron might do it, though. So You have to write the script, though. 
We're we're working on that, babes. And and what and what is this uh, leading lady supposed to be? What's what's her name supposed to be? She's bad girl, but then she becomes good girl <laughs> because she's influenced by the good boy. Really? Yes. Does anybody in uh, Viewerland believe this? I don't know. I, well, who knows, babes? But it's the truth. Oh my okay. goodness! Is it really? Why not? Mm, but anyways, okay. so that's a big announcement they have, babes. If it were a real announcement, I believe you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was on Bookshare the other day. Yes. And downloaded some anthologies from the New Yorker and also one from Vanity Fair. We were and then we were talking about it a little bit this morning. And you don't read either magazine. No. I'm just curious. I know that when you were a teenager you read seventeen. Yeah, I read Seventeen. I read a little bit of a Ladies Home Journal, which I think is like for old ladies. Um, I me- I mainly read Seventeen. What magazines do you read now? I don't read any really. Uh, why not? I'm not really a magazine uh. person. I mean, maybe I should, but I just don't know which one would interest me. Um, I mean, I don't know. I do like the New Yorker. They're a little bit too full of themselves. Oh. But they have good stuff. Obviously. Obviously. They just talk about how great they are. Oh. Because they work at the New Yorker and they listen to NPR. Obviously. Obviously. They take their cues from NPR, right? But they have some good stuff. Yeah. Um, they probably take their cues from uh, Terry Gross. Yes. On Fresh Air. Wired is really good. Is that a section? No, that's a magazine. A magazine, okay. Yep. The Rolling Stone has gone downhill, but occasionally I'll still check it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gone downhill in the way of uh, entertainment? I just don't like the reporting anymore. There's been a few issues with them. I think there was one thing a couple years ago where they reported on the story of this girl who was raped on a campus, and it turned out that that never happened. Oh, really? I can't remember if they made this story up or if the reporter just decided not to check their sources. Wow. But there's other stuff too. That's that's the oh. most glaring example of it. And they did, did they still did they still do like um, self interest stuff on celebrities and everything? Yeah, they still have that, and sometimes that's kind of fun. Okay, Ugly. I've read an anthology of the Rolling Stone interview. Uh huh. And it was okay. Yeah. Um. Not that great though. It was it was passable, but not that great. Uh, I but I do like anthologies sometimes. Wow, for magazines. Huh? Yeah, I I mean, I never got into magazines. Um, after I, you know, I canceled my subscription to Seventeen mm. eventually because because they kept sending me like tons of magazines and it was just taking over everything. Yeah, and I had to just say no. I want to cancel my subscription and. Um, because people don't understand no. that Braille editions of magazines are not like the print ones. The Braille ones are huge. They are. They are. And and two, in a, in a volume, or I'm sorry, in an issue takes about two volumes. Yeah. And it's huge. And it's like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Just like, um, just like when, um, I used to get Brailled copies of the talking book topics. That must have been insane. It was. And I'm just like, I don't want them anymore. I just want to, you know, I have a, you know, I have an account with them, so I don't need to do that. And I'm like, ah, you know, so anywho, they don't send me those anymore, which is good. I remember, babes, going into work when I was a teenager and I had to take these huge volumes 
around with me because I was a receptionist. Yeah. And there wasn't a lot to do at work. So I needed something uh, to fill my time. Is that at the recording studio? No. This was at a place called Fish. Oh. Which did emergency, you know, food delivery for people and whatnot. Or oh. You could pick it up, rather. I, I don't know. And you had to take the volumes of... Well, I didn't have to, but if I didn't, there really wasn't much for me to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sucks. That was a horrible summer. Was it... How long were you doing it for? The summer, babes. Because it was no. a summer job. No, no, no. I mean, how long in the summer were you doing it for, like... Uh, Mid-June till, like, mid-August. What year? 2000. Oh, wow. That was a, Oh, I hated that summer. I bet. Yeah. It was a really bad summer. Yeah, I bet it was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if that's the worst summer I've ever had, but mm-hmm. it's up there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that summer was okay. I think... Um, <laughs> no, it was. For uh, you. For me, it was okay. It wasn't... It wasn't great, but it was okay. Um, the 1998 was a really good summer when I was um, a part of that program. I like 98. The the ST program. That mm-hmm. was that was great. Um, my job felt really like a... Um, I think I just got a message. Yeah. It's not that important. Um, that, that job that I did for six weeks really felt like it could be... Um, a really feasible um, uh, job, except um, I was only doing it for six weeks, and I, um, I got my paycheck. I got we got our paychecks weekly, which really it so it really really did feel like we were, um, my coworker and I were working at this job, and then other people had jobs at Ross. Um, somebody had a job at um, uh, this like massage school. I think it was. Um, uh, it was, it was, if somebody had a job at a restaurant, it was pretty cool. In 98, I was younger than you, so uh, yeah. I wasn't working yet. Yeah. So I had spent most of my summer at the movie theater and there was this girl from high school that I was really attracted to. The one that forgot you? Uh, that was, yes, that was. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Goodness. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't resist, folks. I'm, I, I don't know how she could forget you. You're unforgettable. But okay. First of all, mm-hmm. that happened at the end of 2002 when I reached out to her. Okay. And it had been a minute. Okay. But in 90, and in retrospect, I, I had no shot with this girl. Yeah. Because she was, she wasn't the most attractive girl out there, babes. And she was white too. But she was an intellectual. Okay. And that really attracted me. Yeah, but you thought she was attractive anyway. I thought she was good looking. Yeah. I normally don't go for white women, but I thought that she looked good. I, now I've dated a few white women, but 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 you, but your preferences are the brown ones, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought she was she she had a good look, but I really admired her brain. Okay. And I thought she was going places in life. Yeah. And you know, I was also less mature at the time. Um, it, it's one of those things to where I look at it like if I knew then what I know now, I could totally manipulate the situation. Or right. I could handle it differently. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do think about those times where, you know, you could have had a shot at um, either you or I could have had a shot at said relationship, but it just didn't work out. Or we just didn't, you know, we didn't handle it right or they didn't handle it right. And it, we, we kind of think of it now in retrospect. Yeah. And also, this was I clearly didn't handle it right. And 
who knows if I had come correct, she might have also just not been interested in me. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like she was thinking about me all summer. 99, though, that was probably one of my best summers. because That's the year that I went to the Philippines for a month. I was getting laid and getting paid. What? Okay. Um, I know. Did I get laid? I didn't get laid in the summer. Ah. Oh, what, babes? We're talking here. Oh. We're talking here. I don't need to hear about your past escapades. I don't want to hear about I, yeah, I, I was dating somebody, and we were getting pretty hot. Quick, crazy lady. Oh, we did. So, was there? I, I, maybe we should not go down this road. I don't. I really don't want to talk about. But that. But I was working that summer, so I was making money. I was having fun with the girl I was dating at the time, and um, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But by two thousand two, I was single, babes. Yeah. And I reached out to the girl from 1998. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, she did not remember me. And this this was like right before I moved to Hawaii, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to clear that up, babes. Okay, yeah, 2000 was an okay summer. It could have been better. I hated 2000. Uh, 2001 was great. Um, except my, uh, the guy that I ended up going out with uh, was kind of MIA, which was not good. 2001, um, the summer sucked for me. I had a great summer then. Mm. Well, because it was bad for me? No, I didn't know you. <laughs> Bob, I, don't, I didn't know that there was a Rick Hammond somewhere in the world. Okay. Uh, there was a bunch of Ricks in the world, but I didn't know any. Um, I didn't know this one. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, 2001, real, oh, those summers sucked. 2002 was a little bit better. Okay. 2003 was off the chain. I had a lot of fun in the summer of 2003. 2004 sucked. 2005... 2005 didn't completely suck, but it, it wasn't great. 2006 was... It was I. 2007 <laughs> was a mixture of being really great and also kind of shitty. 2008... Um, are we giving reviews every summer? Not really. Oh. I, I wasn't expecting that, but all right, okay. All right, all right. 2008 was pretty good. 2003, I'm trying to think what happened there. Um, mm, did I go to, I didn't go, I don't think I went to Hawaii that year. I was living there, babes. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. 2003. Um, that was the year that my, yeah, that was, that was the same year that my, my sister got into an accident. That was interesting. In the summer? Um... Yes, it happened oh. sometime. I think it happened sometime in the summertime. Yes, oh, oh. it was after my cousin's wedding because I went to um see her wedding. Um, I went to her wedding in May of that year. Nice. Um, that was a fun summer though. Uh, I was going to this local amusement park. Um, two thousand four was good. Two thousand five was good too. Two thousand six was a good summer because I was getting ready to um move into another apartment, and I got into a university, uh, SPU. PU. PU. Uh, yeah. 2008, that summer was just, that was not a good summer. That was the summer that I got, I started getting sick. Yeah, with cancer. That was horrible, yeah. 2007 was a good summer. 2008 was just not, nah, not good. Yeah. 2007, again, was a mixture. Parts of it were amazing, and a lot of it was shitty, but I learned some stuff. Excuse me about myself. Well, good. Yeah, and you know, girl trouble, 
uh, dealing with family issues and, you know, childhood trauma coming up. Um, but it was good because I got that stuff out. Yeah. Yes. 2009, of course, was a better summer. Oh, 2009 was shitty. Bubs. What? I'm just, would you? Oh, what? What? You want me to be honest with you? Oh, I love 2000. Well, I wasn't finished. Well, I wasn't finished. Let's keep going. Uh... No, no, tell me, tell me about 2009 and why it was so great. No, it was, I was just getting back into every, you know, getting back into the swing of things. And I, I moved back into my apartment and I was going to the, um, a leukemia lymphoma society meetings with a friend of mine from school because we both got sick around the same time that was crazy i was working a shitty job uh with a boss who liked to play guessing games oh yeah that one is that no, the no, one no. where you go ahead is that the one where you would go home and eat like a quart of ice cream no that was the other boss oh uh this was another one who has been me tooed Oh. The other boss oh. will probably become me too soon. Very soon. Yeah, yeah. It just hasn't happened yet to the best oh, of my Oh, that's right. Knowledge. Because in 2007, that was your summer job, right? No, 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 no. No, 2009 we're talking. I was working a job and there was talk about me like going full time with, with this place. But yeah. they wanted to test me out in the summer because I'm, you're going to be surprised at this, babes. I'm really intelligent. Yeah. Which you already know. But yes. Now, this next part is maybe going to be a little bit shocking. Yeah. So get prepared. On occasion, I will sometimes put my foot in my mouth. That's not shocking to me because you have done that with me, Bush. Really? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they, like, they like me, but I'm also a little bit of a wild card. Uh -huh. And I was also... I kind of went through a thing with a girl right before starting the summer program. And then uh -huh. there was this other, there's these two girls who were interested in me, but there was extenuating circumstances with both of them. Yeah. So it was like, people would say these, these beautiful girls are, are throwing themselves on you. And it would be like, yes, but there's, there's other stuff there. And it can't go forward. Yeah. There was reasons I didn't, you know? Yeah. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm not going to do It wasn't like they were like throw, uh, like literally like trying to um, vie for your attention. They were, but there were, there was extenuating circumstances. So like uh -huh. they're both in relationships. Oh, that's it. You don't want to mess with that one. Uh, and I was getting out of some drama with a relationship. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's like, there's, you know what's worse than being turned down by a woman? What? It's having an attractive woman who's into you and there's reasons you can't be with them. Oh, that's that. I know. I, I've never gotten to that. Well, actually, but, no, I have. So actually. there was other stuff too. Yeah. It wasn't just that they were in relationships. They were also kind of like surface people and whatnot. You didn't see the deep parts of them. Exactly. They and wouldn't. That. They wouldn't give you any deep information. But it's also mm. because I was things were so intense in that job, and these relationships were related to that. Yeah. I also felt like if I had to step up to my boss, they wouldn't have my back. Oh, wow! And that's something that you need. Yeah, actually, I did. No, I did. I I did have that that um, I did have that experience. But then realizing, you know, that the the whole like somebody being into you, but there's no way that you could go forward with it. Yeah. Um, I've had that happen, and I'm glad I didn't go forward with it because I would have been a disaster. And don't get me wrong. Plug your ears. <sighs> um, it would have been nice to have some sex over the summer, but. You can unplug your ears now. I didn't plug my ears. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. But at the same time, it's like, I felt like there would have been too much drama related to it. 
So oh, yeah, you gotta do. You gotta deal with their uh, current um, boyfriends and all the stuff. You didn't need to. It's probably good you didn't go forward with any of them. Um. So the only sex I had that summer was with myself, but I made up for it in the fall. Bubs. What? That's enough. That's enough, babes. I'm that's enough. I love you, babes. And I need to hear enough. about your uh, escapade. Oh, uh, well, give me a kiss. No. Why not? Oh. Why not? What's going on over here? Why not? I don't oh, give me a kiss. I too much information. Oh, my goodness. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss, babes. I'm for kiss. kiss no. Kiss. Yeah. Why? Because you need one. Mm. But from, not, from 2007, okay, because I broke up with... Um, ugh. It, it was it was horrible because this is a guy I told you about many times who only went out with me for two months. Yeah. And he broke up with me, but I decided it was a better idea to break up, even if I didn't want to. And I was single from 2007 to, 2000, to 2011. That was not fun. We should say you're very good looking. Thank you. But sometimes, you know. I didn't like anybody at the. Um, granted, I, I I loved going. I loved going to. You uh, went. Hold on. You went four years without even dating anybody. No, I didn't. I, I seriously didn't. I, there was nobody I was interested in. There was no one that was interested in me. Um, and and if there was somebody that was interested in me, I wasn't interested back. And um, I just I I didn't date for four years. Wow. I really didn't, and I think. And and it was hard because people were either dating or they were engaged or what what have you. And it was it was tough. It was really tough. And I was getting over the the uh, two month breakup of my relationship, and then finding out that he was seeing somebody else that I know, and it it was not it was not good, not good at all. Oh. Yeah, four years. <laughs> it was hard. That was hard. Well, I guess that's why they make vibrators, right? Oh. But, but he, that just shows that even if you are good looking and even if you are talented, sometimes, you, sometimes you end up not dating for that long, and that's what happened to me. That's crazy. I know. I I, I don't get that either, but that's that's what happened. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. And it's just like every time that I was single, like there was always somebody that wanted to go out with me, and I just didn't. I wasn't into them. Yeah. That happens with people too. That happens. And that's uh that's one of the um uh difficult things about it. So here's the thing. Yeah. Everybody has regrets about past relationships. Of course. I I would assume so. If you of don't, course. it's probably a sign that you haven't really lived, right? Of course, yes. And I think to myself, because oftentimes, and we know, the idea of, well, what if I got to live my life over again, but knowing what I know now? Right. And again, I hope that that's an option when you die, but yeah. for all it's it, for all we know, when you die, you just go into nothingness. But let's say I uh, God says, you know, Rick, I love you. You're awesome. So as many times as you want, you can relive your life. If you want to just do it once, you can. But if you want to relive your life, a billion times and just like build this like huge block of knowledge. I'm going to let you do that because you're cool like that. Right. Oh my goodness. So let's say I decided to relive my life. Would I have been somebody who would have like, I don't know. What would I choose? Would I choose to like uh, be a virgin until 30? Would I 
Uh, by the way, I was not a virgin until I was 30. I know you were. You but were I'm saying, good. like, out of all the life options, would I have chosen to just, like, go hog wild and just be with anybody who would have, you know, been with me sexually and not cared about anything else? W- would I choose it, like, now to where it's, like, you know, not doing it every night, but I, I've had some experiences? Or would I become, like, a Buddhist monk? Like, who knows what I would choose if I could relive things? You know what I mean? As far as romance goes. Oh. you But you never think about stuff like that. Well, I mean, the only thing, the only thing, and I haven't had a lot of relationships. Yeah. Well, less than me. Less than you. And, and less than my friend in high school that already had like 50 boyfriends by the time uh, she graduated or whatever. Wow. Anyway, no, no, she was, yeah, she was a wild child. Anyway, um, I think of past opportunities, I think is what I should call it. Mm -hmm. Past opportunities that were either not taken or were taken and I regretted it. Um, I think what I would have done is uh, the guy who I was in love with, the first guy that I was in love with, I really wish that I decided to get to know this guy a lot lot, uh, better and not dated him right away because... Had I known that, it would have saved me a lot of heartbreak. Oh, it would have because I would have known whether or not I should have dated him or not, and and I wish, I wish I wasn't put through that. But I I, I I made the choice to date him very quickly. Yes. On the first day that we met each other. Oh God. And that wasn't a good idea, and um, you know we had stars in our eyes, as they would say, and I was a young twenty two year old that didn't know much about guys. And you didn't start dating people until you were 22. No, 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 no. I dated somebody when I was 13, and then there were years where I didn't date anybody because, remember, I told you about the, that story. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't start to really date people until I was 21. Wow, that's crazy to me. But, uh, but, but, the, but the only person I dated, I dated him when I was 13, and we barely saw each other. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was another story that I've told you. Yeah, yeah. And you also came from a super strict family. Um, yeah, you know, you, you gotta come on, have some fun in life. Uh, yes. gone through that again, Bubs. Okay. but anyway, um, I would have gotten to know him a little bit more and really, really thought about whether or not I wanted to be linked to this guy because it turned out that he was jerking around women and that, um, you know, he was only using them for his, um, for for what he wanted a lot of the times and didn't really care <coughs> didn't really care about how they felt and uh-huh. I really wish that I would have taken the time to get to know him before I um before I dated him because it would have saved me a lot of time and energy and heartbreak heartbreak wow yeah nice and um but then I think in retrospect about I could have dated this person, but I think about it, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Because I think, well, look where they are and look where I am. I could have been caught up in their mess. There's been two times, there's been times, babes, where I've had opportunities to cheat on ex-girlfriends. Yeah. And I, by the way, I've not, I've not, never cheated on ex-girlfriends or on my little J-Lo here. I hope not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful boy. And I, and I, and I did not ever, 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 ever cheat on any of my boyfriends. Thank you. Especially you. Thank you. But there's been times to where opportunities have arisen 
And I, I obviously, I just, I never took those opportunities. But at the moment, I'm like, oh man, I really wish I could have sex with this person. And I can, but I can't. And I was thinking the other day, I'm so glad I never did anything like that. The cheated on, on a girlfriend. But didn't you say there was one time where there was kind of a discrepancy and you were seeing this girl, but there was some time elapsed and then you ended up seeing somebody else? Um, I don't remember exactly what you're referring to. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. I'm just trying to think. I don't remember. You, you said that, well, technically um, you started seeing this girl, but you didn't really break things off with the other girl. Or maybe you did and it just wasn't said. I don't know. I don't remember what you're referring to. If I, if I remember the exact situation, I could give you more details. On I don't it. even remember what it was. I thought oh. maybe you said it here. Okay. Maybe I did and I'm just not remembering what particular portion of my life you're referring to. But I'm so glad I never cheated on on any of my ex-girlfriends or on my little J-Wo. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm getting a lot of opportunity. Not that, you know, women are just like throwing their panties off when they see me today or anything. But because I think to myself, I, I don't know that I could live uh, with myself if I cheated on somebody. Because I couldn't look at myself as the good boy. The good because boy. I am the good boy. Well, and I know for a fact that it hurts so bad because I was cheated on on by at least one person and um, they were open about it and I ended up finding out about it later on and, and how hurtful it was to know that every time he walked out of my door, he was going to do something really stupid. Oh. And it hurts. It really hurts. And I'm seeing it in my own family. It hurts. Um, seeing it happen to people in my family, it, it really hurts. And I just couldn't do that to somebody. I could not, I could not ever, ever, ever put somebody in that situation and just hurt them so much when they, when they loved me and they, and they took the time to, um, show me that they love me. And I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. That just hurts too much. Yeah. Um, it Here's a weird thing, like if, I, or maybe this isn't weird, I don't know. If I found out today that somebody I dated cheating on me, I would think, oh, you're a fucking horrible person to me, but it doesn't mean, I, I wouldn't dwell on it. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be like, why did you be, be with that person or whatever? Right, right, right. You wouldn't be like um on uh, the Denise show, right? Exactly. Because it's like <laughs> years have passed. Yeah, it's like it's like you know, there's, there wasn't really anything you could do but, about the situation anyway. But here's the thing. Also, yeah. the other side of that is, you know, I could just say to myself, "Oh, you're a horrible person," and write somebody off, and then just not think about it again. Yeah. But it also doesn't make somebody a horrible person if they cheat on you. Like it makes them horrible in that situation, but it doesn't. It's not the sum of what that person is. If, if it was just like, ruin people's lives. Now, I am, I've, I've had friends who've cheated yep. on their girlfriends, and I've known about it. Yeah. At the time, and I've known people who've cheated on their wives, and I've known about it at the time. Yeah. And there have been occasions to where not only have I known about it, but I've maybe given some advice yeah. on how to continue their their affair. So, so I understand, and and cheating isn't good anyway. But I understand yeah. that there's some people do make mistakes. And they, like, for example, if somebody did it once and they never did it again, mm. that, it would be easy to um, move on from that than somebody that was a serial cheater and continuously did it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, 
not caring about how uh, the woman, and, and even women do it too. So, I mean, not caring about the girlfriend or spouse or a boyfriend or spouse um, uh, felt about it and they just kept doing it and doing it and doing it and, and, and so much to, um, so much that it just, their conscience, the, their conscience is now seared. So they can't, they don't realize that it's wrong or they, maybe they do know it's wrong, but they just can't stop. Doing yeah. It. But also life is complicated too. So let me give you a scenario. Yeah. Somebody cheats on you multiple times, but it's with the same person. So there have uh-huh. been cases, uh-huh. and I've known this because I've, I've, I know people who cheat. Yes. Where somebody will be in a loveless marriage yeah. for years. Yeah. And instead of just like going out and fucking everything that moves, they meet somebody and start a relationship where they feel that their passion is, is being reciprocated. Yeah. But they can't leave their wife or their girlfriend because they feel like they have too much time invested in them. Yeah. So what's worse to you? Somebody who, I guess, cheats with multiple women or somebody who cheats multiple times with the same it's woman? It's all bad. Because they feel like they're it's, not being It's left. all bad. There's it's no all bad, but there, there are different degrees of badness. Yeah, but you can't, you can't rate them by degree. It's all horrible. Especially, even the, um, one of the worst things you could do is have an emotional affair. Mm. Because yeah, well, I've done that in relationships where I, I'll, I, I won't like become physical with somebody, but I'll become emotional with them. But and this is before we met, but where I'll, I'll have like these emotional connections with other women. But they weren't like affairs. Right? Yeah, like nothing ever happened. No, no, not even any kissing. But I feel emotionally more connected with another woman than but, I do but with there, my own. But partner. I mean, I, th- but I think it's like I think when you're talking about emotional affairs, um, they're a little bit worse than i mean some people say they're a little bit worse they're all they're all bad but um some people say that they're a little bit worse than the physical thing because the emotional thing is when you're telling um a woman or a man something that you wouldn't tell your girlfriend or boyfriend or or husband or wife i've definitely been guilty about that and again not with you okay well here's a question then yeah and i'm not this isn't an either or i'm not going to go out and do this okay but Gun to your head. Yeah. I can... <laughs> I'm giving you a neither or. I can't believe okay. this. I can go out and have like a mind-blowing night of sex with somebody else who I never see again. Or I don't have sex. I don't even kiss the woman. But I begin having this emotional connection with another woman. And it goes on for like a year. But nothing ever happens. Physically. Um... I'd break it off immediately. No, but if you had to choose between either of those. But I, was like, I can't choose. Oh. You know how horrible that is? It doesn't matter if you slept with someone once. It doesn't matter if you had emotion an emotional affair with one person multiple times. It would it would really break my heart and I would have to break up with you. But the emotional affair, nothing ever happens sexually. It doesn't matter. We just matter. talk all the time. It doesn't matter. And I always bring this girl up. Like, it, Janice says this. No, no, no. It does not matter. Oh, it wow. doesn't matter. Because even if I have guy friends, yes. there would be things that I couldn't tell them that I would tell you. Oh. I couldn't do that to you. Wow. I, I, I just, like, it's just, it just wouldn't even... No, no. That would be, that would be horrible because... Then I would find out, and you'd be, and I would be like, "Why didn't you tell me that if you were having a problem with me?" Oh, you know, it, it would, it would really be heartbreaking for me. Either one. 
Either one. Wow. Either one. I don't care if you uh, if you're a fluid spill out of everywhere and you're you know you're 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 in this uh, um, passionate situation with somebody else. That would still be horrible. Yeah. But the fact that you you shared something about our relationship or even about me personally that you didn't like or that um, that you're having problems with me or whatever it is or yeah. problems with my family or whatever that would be heartbreaking because you wouldn't you wouldn't have come to me you would come oh. to her that that's that's the heartbreaking thing about it nice if that makes any sense i hear you um so no emotional affairs in this relationship no only dreaming affairs oh because we are as we have established polyamorous dreamers Bubs. what's up <laughs> oh my goodness but that doesn't count no, it doesn't, it doesn't count because it's just a dream. It's so, not like it's real or anything. This was about a year before you and I met. Actually, it was a little bit less. Okay. I, I may have told this here, and I'm not going to give into the full details. Yeah. I was walking around downtown. Yeah. I met this woman who was visiting. She was in the wine business. I know that sounds unbelievable, but it is true. Oh. We went back to the place where she was staying at, and we uh, we uh, had some vaginal action. Is that the one from Chipotle? Yes, that's the one I had left Chipotle and I brought a bought a burrito and I'm walking downtown and I run into this girl. We start talking and then uh, we that's go back insane. to her place and have sex. That's insane. So I'm not telling you that to brag because the sex, you know, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh. What I'm that that is on the same level. If I were if that was to happen to me like on Monday and it's not going to, where I'm just walking around downtown and I meet a stranger and we have sex. That's just as bad as an emotional affair. Absolutely, it okay. is. I, I Absolutely, sure. it is because you're willing to share your intimate parts of yourself with somebody that that isn't me. Yeah, a friend of mine said after I told him that story, he's like, "Now I know like why you eat Chipotle so much." No. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny. Was she? Uh, was she just eating lunch there? And you no, she like, wasn't eating there. What had happened was I left Chipotle. But I had the burrito in my backpack and I'm walking downtown and she stops me on the sidewalk. You oh, know, okay. I'm so walking. She's, just, she's just a paid, she's just like a, a person, a pedestrian just walking. Yeah. And we just start talking and she tells me that she's visiting here from Napa Valley and her dad just died a couple weeks ago and she just wanted to get away because she runs a business with her mom and she has some wine and we start talking and I said, uh, you know, I've tended wine bar before and we just go back to her place and it's like a split level apartment and one thing leads to another. Wow. Yeah. Mid- not even middle of the day. I guess it was and around then, like 11 And then what the happens though, you just say thanks for everything and that's it? Uh, and you're just like, okay, it was great. That's I don't it. think I said thanks for everything. We just sort of, you know, I left. I gave her a kiss. We started making out of the elevator for a minute, not that long, and then I left. But this was before I met and you. And never, you never talked to her again? Never talked to her again. Wow. Yeah. Blonde hair, white lady. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I went wh- white, uh, but it still felt all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Whatever. Yes, yes, yes. No, I think that's just as bad. Wow. I, I really do. Mm. I, I I mean I mean if you're even even if you don't I mean, yeah, it's 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 kinda strange, you know. I can only imagine getting naked in front of a stranger you just met on the sidewalk. And then and then you're you're sharing 
those intimate parts with her, but you're also sharing some other stuff like, oh, uh, you know, she's she um shared with you that her her um you know her her dad died or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just I just earlier. think it's all bad. It, it, it's it's all bad. It's just something that you should not do. Oh, well, that was the last time I had sex with a stranger. Oh, yes, not good. And that's going to be the first line of my autobiography. That was the last time I had sex with a stranger. And that'll get people interested in reading the rest of the book. Jeez. Yes. I'll tell that story first, babes. For you. No. Yeah, for you. No. Yeah, for you. But that was at the Chipotle downtown. It's not at the one that we go to. Not that it matters. We can still go to Not that it really matters. Yeah. The, the, the one that we go to, of course, is closer to your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of a walk, but... Yes. I like the one downtown for all this reasons. I have a past. Is that the the one that we go to? Is that cl- the one closer to the um, commission? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. It's good. Good burritos there, babes. And good. Uh, I didn't try their taco salad, but I imagine it was good. It would be good. I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which why dumb, but I'd like to. Yes, yes. I don't know how they got out of their deal with McDonald's because they sold part of the company to them. Really? And then they got it back. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I know people like to shit on Chipotle. It's so good. I love their stuff. No, why would anybody want to why there, would anybody want to bash Chipotle? There were some issues, a couple of things. One, they're now a big franchise and they were associated with McDonald's. And there were some issues with a coli breakout. E. coli breakout, yeah. Yeah, in Chipotle. And some of it happened here in Portland. Oh, Chipotle is good. But it, it's so good, I'm willing to die for these burritos. Uh-oh. I don't know how much uh, cocaine or crack they put in them, but I say more uh, burritos with cocaine in them. Oh. That's what they do. I don't know that they do that. I don't think they would. Yes. I, I think that um, they wouldn't just, I don't think they would just because, um, you know, families go there and eat right. the burritos, bubs. Why is my kid acting so weird? Uh, bubs. I love you, babes. Come on. What? Oh. I love you, babes. Yeah, they are They are really good. They are. You know what else is a good Mexican place that I don't think um, we've been to? It's um, called Muchas Gracias. And it's we like, have. We've ordered from there. Yeah, but you, we haven't actually been there together. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I've only been there. I've only been in there maybe a couple of times. Oh, good. With the girl that... Uh, I don't know if she still lives here anymore, oh. but the one on my floor, which we won't get into, but yeah. My parents allegedly met at a Mexican restaurant. Oh, wow. Called the Flower Drum. This is what my aunt the told Flower me. Drum? Yeah. Huh. That sounds and like we, an Asian place. We used to go there as kids. Oh, okay. The Flower Drum. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if they're still around or not, but um, my aunt told me that because my parents were, you know, kind of out there. Yeah. So they didn't know how they met. Wow. But this was, like, before my mom's funeral. She was just oh. talking about, like... Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, that's what happened there, little J-Wall. Yeah, but the um, point being is don't get into any physical or emotional affairs if you're still with somebody, because that's very, very heartbreaking. And Alana's talking to me when she says that. Uh, anyone. Oh, okay. Not just you. Oh, good. Not just you. You do that and face the consequences. Uh-oh. Maybe my consequences would be I get a kiss. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Not after bad behavior. Oh. 
But since you want to be the good boy... I am I the good boy. I would expect bad old... I am the good boy. I'm always good boy. I'm never not good boy. But we already know that, babes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Babes. Yep. You have a problem with unions. And I, do, I, I have issues with them, but I think overall they're good. Yeah. But you know who else is anti-union now? Who is? Joseph Biden. <laughs> You know what he did the other day? What? There is some union that controls uh, train service in this country. And it's mainly for transporting items across the, the well, That's US. interesting considering and that... Um, do you want me to tell you the story? Yeah, but I have a comment afterwards. Okay. They were planning to go on strike and Biden stepped in to sign an executive order to, make, to uh, freeze their ability to go on strike for the next 60 days. Amazing he can do that when it's union busting. And also, you remember the whole Amazon thing? What about it? So Amazon's, they started unionizing their factories, which is great, I think. And Biden did a photo op with the union organizers and then immediately signed a deal uh, with Amazon to provide some services with no no provisions in the contracts for unions. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so well, he hasn't signed any executive order saying that if the <laughs> military does business with the company, they have to have unions. I, and he's signing executive orders against unions so right I now. So I find it really interesting that he would do that considering that his, um, his own son, Hunter, uh, used to be an employee with Amtrak. Well, that that is interesting. But notice he'll... Here's something I don't like about uh, a lot of liberals. Yeah. They're always quick to talk about white privilege, which is a thing. It's not a thing. It is a thing. But... It's another thing to to use as race bait. If you want liberals to stop talking about white privilege, bring up Hunter Biden. And immediately you'll see everybody. There is such thing as privilege, but I think the white privilege, because they'll always they'll always focus on white privilege, and they'll never talk about black privilege or Asian privilege, because they're even in uh, minority communities, there are people that are elitists, and they'll tell other black people or other Asians or other Mexicans how to live. Okay, there's truth to that, but on the real, it's easier to be white in this country. No, it it isn't. There is th- this is this is exactly what the left has trying to has been trying to do to race bait everything. But they, we they, they 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 are the they are the elitist uh, racists who think um, that uh, you know like Kirsten Gillibrand who think that they have the right to um, hey. <laughs> I said I'm gonna tickle you. <laughs> the babe. No, All right, tickle truth. Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. No, I, I wasn't finished with what I was trying to say. Now you know how it feels mm-hmm. then. Hey, now you know how it feels. Mm. Well, I'm just I'm just giving my opinion, Bubs. <laughs> all I'm saying is I I don't think that the whole white privilege thing um um I think that it, the whole thing started when um when Trump was still living in the White House. Okay. And I, I think it's been building up and building up until that time. I heard about white privilege before Trump was in the White House. I think, again, it's overused, but there is a kernel of truth to it. But, no, no, but, but this... Do we, do we have to say on this? We were talking about Joe Biden busting unions. I, I understand. I understand. But, I, but I, what, I, what I was trying to say is I think, I think it's just so interesting that he would do that since um, his own son was involved with um, Antrac, which is probably the... 
the biggest um, train service across the country. But Joe Biden, plagiarism, I'm about to use a naughty word. Oh my goodness. Joe God. Biden is a fucking hypocrite when it comes to his son. Now you can unplug them. <laughs> um, I was watching Secular Talk the other day. So Hunter Biden, and, and, and I get this from them, and I say Secular Talk, so you know it's not like a right-wing conspiracy show. It's obviously not. Kyle from Secular Talk is very, very left-wing. Uh, he... Like, I agree with him probably, when it comes to politics, probably 90-plus percent of the time. Uh-huh. Okay. So check out Secular Talk. But he was talking about, apparently, Hunter Biden's iCloud account was hacked. And there's all these videos on Oh, there. absolutely. And he said he didn't want to go too much into the personal stuff, but there was some relevant things there. So, for example... Alexa, stop. Oh, my goodness. So, for example, there was a video of Hunter Biden smoking something which appeared to be crack. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's and, surfacing all over the place. And he played this video that was very interesting. Somebody had put together. Yeah. It was side by side. One image of the screen was Joe Biden from when he was a senator in the 1990s talking uh-huh. about how he had passed this crime bill. Yeah. Which uh, pushed harsher sentences for people who were drug users, and, and then especially a, crack cocaine. Yeah. And the other side of the screen was a video from Hunter Biden's <laughs> iCloud account where he appears to be. That, that's crack gr- that's cocaine. great that they that that they did that because you're explaining that to me, and I'm yeah. like, what what a contrast? Because if you're going to say um, that there shouldn't be any, you know, if you're going to try to pass a crime bill on drug users and you need to figure out a way to control your son. And here's the deal. Yeah. It would be one thing if 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 Joe Biden came out and said, "Listen, that was in the 90s. I changed my view on yeah. drugs and yeah. I think we need uh sentences that are are less harsh or maybe we should even talk about legalizing everything." But Joe Biden himself is still very anti-drug. And I find that very hypocritical. I would agree. Yeah. I would agree because if he really did change his views and he would have said, hey, I'm okay with my son on video smoking crack cocaine. But as you've said, he hasn't changed his views. And look <laughs> look, look at what happened. And um, there are some other things like... But it's also, real quick, it's also an indictment on left-wing media. A lot of them aren't reporting on this. And they really should be. Yeah, and I'm glad at least Secular Talk is. Because yeah. it, it, I mean, you can't... Um, now that his iCloud account has been has been hacked and everything is on social media, you can't deny that there's something wrong exactly. with this kid. There's something wrong with this kid, and there's also something wrong with um, the Biden family in general because they're always in hot water. Mm-hmm. Something happened, like like Jill is now in hot water with the um, uh, the reference to breakfast tacos uh, to the people of San Antonio. She's yeah, that of, is not a good That was horrible. And she couldn't pronounce bodega, mm-hmm. which is a grocery store for um, Hispanic people. Pronounce it with you, bodega. And she said Dave bogadas. Chappelle could teach you how to do it and watch how baked. It's in the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then she, she said bogadas. And I'm watch like, it, hey. watch it with her stepson. Rent a copy of Half Baked and invite uh, Hunter Biden over. <laughs> And, and and how and what he said about her and yeah uh, I mean it just it's just not making their legacy look good at all no. and it's just um I just I just find it very very interesting that he would say something like that in the nineties and then look there's his there's his uh, wayward son uh, doing the exact opposite and to and, not have your opinion evolve since right then. yeah that's the real crime or at least situation. he could say hey um. 
I haven't changed my views and I'm horrified that my son is doing this. He might have actually said something like that. But I, I think he should change his views because the reason Hunter Biden isn't in prison for laws that his dad helped push is because of his dad. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the fact that he said that he didn't know anything. Um, well, that's actually true. But Joe Biden. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. OK, go ahead. when he lied um, during the debate with him and Donald Trump, right? He actually lied and said that he knew nothing about his son's business dealings or anything of that sort. He he lied then. Now, so uh, let's let's be real. All this said, Joe Biden's family is very corrupt, but that doesn't excuse the corrupt the corruption in the Trump family either. What corruption was that? Because I haven't. I mean, You're, there there okay. is. Uh, no, 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 no. What I mean is. Did you want me to answer it? No, I didn't. <laughs> I don't need you to answer that. All, all I'm saying is I think there's a very, very stark contrast. And um, I think that there is um, – Joe Biden is not admitting to anything. But Trump that, isn't admitting to anything either. Yeah, but if there was actual – I mean, everybody – Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. The Democrats loved him when he was a Democrat. And now that he isn't a Democrat, it's all no holds barred. And I think that – if there was actually evidence to prove any corruption, then I would actually believe it. But it, but the, the mainstream media for a very long time has been lying to its, um, its audience. And now a lot of people, even Democrats, are leaving the mainstream media okay. and, 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 and seeking other media. You're so, saying a lot of things here, babes. And, and some of it I agree with you on. But... Yeah, the Democrats loved Trump when he was a Democrat. Yes, they did. I, and I don't know if they loved him, but let's go with that. They didn't, they didn't go after him like they, they are They didn't now. go after him like they are now. But I don't like the mainstream Democratic Party. And But just because the Democrats suck and just because the media sucks, it doesn't make the Trump family good. No, but I'm saying if there were actual evidence, because they like to they like to spin stories of Donald. I believe, babes. Hold on, hold on. I wasn't, I wasn't going to go into the evidence part of it. <laughs> Because I don't want to start a debate again. Oh, my goodness. I'm just saying, though, I think it's a very stark contrast um, from what uh, the family Biden has been doing. And I, I just don't um, I think that if if it were actually Trump family, if the Trump family doing it, it would have been plastered over all the media. No. Yes, it would. Yes, it would, because they they um, they only um, they only talk about a very, very small percentage of the good things Trump has done. But they only focus on the bad things, and they and they want to, um, they want to make it sound um, like it's really true. When you find out later on that they've spun the story. Look, Trump did some good things, but I don't think it's enough to justify all the bad that came out of him. Yeah, but if but, they, if, they, if they were to prove it, which, like I said, I'm waiting for that. They haven't been able to prove any of it, and everything that that they've been trying to throw at him has been thrown back in their faces and for good reason because they're not re they're not being good journalists and they're not reporting what's really going on. Okay, there's some truth to what you said. Mainstream media is horrible at journalism. Yes, I will give you that. I think Trump is somebody who's been incredibly lucky. If we want to talk about his family, we could get into the quote-unquote uh, money his dad lost at Trump's casinos to help keep them in business, right? Uh, we could talk about his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. We could go into all that stuff. But we don't have to debate this. No, we don't. 
Okay. And we could go into uh, Eric Trump and, and some of his dealings, but you don't want to talk about this, so. Not really. We've taught, we've, we've, we've gone into this um, ad nauseum. Yeah. And, and the right wing, what they'll do, and the left wing too, to some extent, they'll take a kernel of truth and blow it out of her. I don't believe, that's but. why conservative media is booming right now, because I've watched so many stories about, um, the um uh, so many things that the left has been throwing at Trump and and they've actually gone in and they've looked at the actual um evidence and and there's no I mean and, and they've even they've even shown videos too they've actually shown videos and they've actually said this is not this is what the left has been saying but this is actually what happened and it's okay and I think that um if you're going to characterize conservative media without Hey! We said... Uh, hey, Bubs! <laughs> stop, stop, stop. You s- I ow, tickle twos. Tickle twos. I hit you with my head. Tickle twos. Give me a kiss, tickle twos. Okay, we don't need to talk about this, but I think we need to talk about other stuff like the movies. Okay. Yes. And this is... And, and by the way, me stopping that, remember too, this is also... I might vote for Trump in 2024. So. Okay, uh, but we do have to go. We have, I'm we sorry, have, I accidentally hit you with my head. Yeah, that hurt. Sorry, um, babes. I, 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 I forgive you. Thank you, babes. And that's not a form of relationship abuse. It's not like I go around just hitting you with my head. No, I feel really bad after I've accidentally elbowed you in the in the side or something. Yes. Uh, and I would not even do stuff like that except you tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> Bubs, I I just want you to know for the record that if I tickle you, I'm trying to be playful. Thank you, and I'm trying to be playful too. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have we have some things to get to. Um, we had a very interesting day yesterday because Jay Wool was very tired. That's why. That's why Jay Wool was tired. <laughs> tired. Was I was she-wool. sleeping beauty, Jay Wool. Yes, we ate some Boca burgers. It turned out pretty good, even though I know it's it's fake, but it's yes. It, it actually almost tasted like chicken. Yes, almost. Oh, babes! Now, real quick, yeah. if, um, I'm looking at my notes here, and yes. if my notes are correct, yeah. In the 1990s, you went to Washington and saw a play with Mickey Rooney, and ended up having a torrid love affair with him. <laughs> that lasted for several weeks. Uh, the the torrid love affair was not true, and I okay. was only um I was 18 and a half years old, so. I was close to being 19 in just a couple of months. And he was in his late 80s at the time. <laughs> Let me explain that story, okay? This was early 1999. Okay. I was in a program uh, with a bunch of other blind kids to study the government in Washington, D.C. for an entire, um, uh, for a good week. And it was a... Awesome experience. I really wish I knew more about politics, but at the time I wasn't interested in it at all. Yes. And the last things that we did on our last night there, um, or or the the second to last night, we went to see the Wizard of Oz. It was a, um, I think it might have been a Broadway production. I think it was yeah. because Mickey Rooney played the Wizard of Oz, and um, even the Wicked Witch of the West was hilarious. It was a really good production. I guess if he's, I guess that might have been my very first um, Broadway production. I think. Nice. Um, I, I I I still count my my first Broadway production, uh, going to uh, my first Broadway uh, musical at thirty one when it when I had my um, 
after my 31st birthday. But Broadway's in New York, babes. No, no, no. I mean Broadway coming over to Seattle. Okay. That's what I mean. Not not actually going to Broadway. Oh. But, um, so this was early 99. Uh, we went there. It was an awesome show. I never got to meet Mickey Rooney, but it was cool to know that he was a wizard and he was still as funny as ever. So. Yeah. And he has, uh, or he did because he's no longer with us, a deep uh, respect for Japanese culture. <laughs> so uh, We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Uh, are we gonna? Yeah, we're getting into the movies. Though. We are gonna get into the movies. Yes. And one of the first scenes is we see a, a sign of his deep respect for Japanese people. <laughs> so, real quick. Yeah. In 1961, the film version of Breakfast at Tiffany's comes out, and mm-hmm. and that's not too far removed from World War Two. Yep. And World War Two in this country. Oh, that was 20 years before, though. Yeah, we did as a nation something that is reprehensible. Um, and we did a lot of good in World War II, obviously. But something we did that was really over-the-top bad was we started internment camps for Japanese citizens and basically took their livelihood away. And a lot of these Japanese citizens had children who served in World War II. So I imagine if you're a Japanese person, maybe you came to this country as a kid and you worked your way up, you owned a small business, and then you're thrown into an internment camp for something that people did who you never met. You get out, you have to start from scratch, and you're making a living. You hear about this movie called Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's years later, but you're, you know, you, you're still going to be upset that you were placed yeah, in the yeah. camp. And you go to see it because you want to escape, and you see Mickey Rooney. You might think to yourself, this guy is a little bit racist. I, I don't believe <laughs> that he meant for it to be that way, but you told me that it was... Um, that that um based on the book you read about that right there's a book about the making of the movie but yeah did you, did you read that already i did it was a while back i think it's called 6 a.m at tiffany's or something like that and yeah. the impression i got was that him and the director blake edwards did it to be funny I don't. I don't think he meant it to be racist, but didn't you tell me that a lot of people thought it was even back then at the time? Yeah. And little J Lo, who you know is quick to excuse that type of stuff, even you thought it was over the top. I did. Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't think it was funny at all. I okay. thought it was just. I just thought he would have been better as a regular landlord and you know funny Mickey Rooney like he usually is. Yeah. And um. This is just, I mean, it wasn't funny. I think um, the Japanese thing was really annoying. And um, that's not how uh, Japanese men are. No. And I thought that was just in, in, I did think it was racist, actually. I I thought it was insane. It's almost, uh, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say after that. Um, It's almost as racist as if uh, a white Let's let's say let's take take like a white girl yeah. who didn't grow up in the hood and she's imitating a, a, a an urban accent. I think that could be considered racist. Or like that one white lady who wrote a book about growing up black in the hood. Did she? This was back in like two thousand seven or two thousand eight. Yeah. And the L.A. Times, I wish I remembered her name and the name of the book, but the L.A. Times did a story about this lady where the reporter supposedly uh, 
interviewed her by phone and she talked about how, you know, I grew up black and I had a horrible time. I I had like three kids by the time I was 16 or whatever it was. And then it came out like a month later that she was just some white chick who wrote this book and full of press. And, and, and the, and that one girl, Rachel Dolezal, which I thought she was over the top racist and she, she would dress up in like African garb or whatever it is, or try to make herself look like that. And she, and she was trying to sound even more woke by saying that um, it's a um, social deconstruction and saying that um, that she is really um, a black person internally and not really a black altogether. Yeah. So not only is she really white, um, but she has been doing this for years and she was a part of... Uh, uh, what organization was it? It was the NAACP. Um, she was like the NAACP, and then somebody called her out. And her said, parents did. Yeah, yeah, and and her parents said no. We're actually um, we're white from a Czech family. I think it was something like that. And and she's not white at all. In fact, um, she's not black at all. I'm sorry, she's not black at all. And and they they interviewed her parents too. And um, when she was being interviewed, I was like, yeah, you're so in denial. I can't believe that she would even do that. Absolutely. And she's trying to race bait people. Yep. She's trying to, to racially divide. And that's that's really racist. And you know who her grandfather was? Who? Mickey Rooney. Oh, my goodness. No, I made that up. No. I, I, I personally don't think that Mickey Rooney was trying to make it that way, but I understand why people would think that. Yeah. And now we might want to get to the film. Well, first, let's get to my experience with this film. Yes. I saw it when I was 9 or 10. And I bought a copy of it. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this film as a kid. And this was before I read the book. And in 2014, I was going through some health issues. Yeah. So I was staying in... I was basically confined to bed for like three months. That's horrible. It That's was horrible. not the most fun thing in the world. No, not at all. But one of the things I did was I read the book Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I enjoyed it. Yep. So we revisited the movie last night. And one of the things I got to say real quick is... I wa- again, I watched this film. I had the VHS copy of it in the 90s. Yeah. And I remember the color of the film being really blown out and not looking good at all. Oh, wow. So I don't know if I just had a bad tape or if they digitally remastered this movie. So it didn't look as beautiful as Lolita. No, not... Well, Lolita's black and white, and it looks beautiful. Okay. But it looked... I remember watching Breakfast at Tiffany's, and the color wasn't that good on it. But when we saw it last night, they might have digitally remastered it because it looked like a beautiful version of the film. And you remember that it was blown out when yeah, you saw Yeah, the it. colors were really off to me. But again, it could have just been the tape, too. The, the one that you watched before? Exactly. Okay, but now it looks better. Last night, it looked beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's a little bit about the version of the film that I saw and how I experienced it as a kid. And I remember, last thing about Mickey Rooney being a racist (laughs) is I remember in the 90s, my sister said, this is a horrible movie because of Mickey Rooney and he does an injustice. So she was, you know, she was on that bandwagon. But I think that's the only movie that I know about that he does this in. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of the movies that I've seen, um, and I haven't seen a lot... Um, I really enjoy his acting. 
I thought he was good in um I thought he was really good in National Velvet. Yeah, he's he's a good actor. Yeah. It's just this performance is like, like No, on. no, yeah, no. Yeah. That that just was not that not was a good look. For. Not a good look. No, no. Yeah. Um but he was great in the Wizard of Oz in the the musical version of it when I, that I saw. He was great. And they did you catch the Mickey Rooney reference in Breakfast at Tiffany's? I'm curious if you did. Which and part? <laughs> so there's a part where uh, George Papard is talking to uh, basically, you know, the woman who funds his lifestyle. Yeah, the um um, yeah, the, his his decorator slash. Uh, well, it's basically his lover, but they his don't. His lover, say that in but the movie. he's that's a supposed designer. Yeah. Did you catch the Mickey Rooney reference? Which part was that? She says something to the effect of "You're not Andy Hardy," or do you think? Oh this is yes, Andy Hardy? yes. I don't. I didn't get that one. What? Which one was? Oh. Okay, so there was a series of movies in the 1930s and maybe early 40s called the Andy Hardy films or the the Hardy Boys. I heard of the higher, the Hardy Boys, and I but think, I, never I saw think they're it. based on on some older books. Yeah. But Mickey Rooney played Andy Hardy in those movies. Okay, um I've heard about the Hardy Boys. I was actually supposed to see that play but never got to see it and it was like the um they they solved mysteries, right? So I don't know. I haven't seen them. Okay. But Mickey Rooney was a star of the films. Uh, yeah. for MGM. Yeah. And I I didn't catch it when I saw the film, when I saw Breakfast at Tiffany's in the 90s. Yeah. But I kind of chuckled inside when we watched it last night because I'm like, oh, that's a sly reference <laughs> to one of the actors in this movie. That's like very meta in a way. Yeah, I, d- yeah. I didn't recognize it, but then when you mentioned it, I was like, yes, I... I I under I I didn't understand who Andy Hardy was, and now that you explained it, I get it now. Nice, yeah. nice. That's that's kind of funny. Nice. Uh, now that we've talked about controversies around the movie, do you want to give a brief overview? I will because I was actually awake. Yes, you're not going <laughs> to be talking much about the other. Film. No, I I really want to see it again just because I was not I was very very tired. Oh. Um. I also want to see the original Sabrina because I was sleepy then. Oh. Anyway. I don't know. Something was wrong with J-Wall yesterday. Yes. Anyway, um, so we start off when um, um, I think... I know this movie really well, so I could interrupt, but I'm going to let you, you take that. You, you could. Um, this is when we're at um, her place, correct? Mm-hmm. And um, George Bapard, who played um, Paul Var- Varjek. Uh, of course, aka Fred. Aka Fred. Um, he ends up crawling in. Uh, he ends up meeting with. Uh, um, he ends up meeting with her character, um, who's who calls herself Holly Golightly. Do you want me to step in real quick? Yes, go ahead. Okay, the beginning of the movie, she has trouble getting into the building. Mickey Rooney lets her inside, and then goes into her apartment, falls asleep. Her cat kind of wakes her up because there's a buzzer going off. What we discover is Paul is moving into the building, but he has the wrong key. That's right, because she's like, oh, I think I had to use the, um, I had to use, uh, I had to go to the downstairs door, but I have the upstairs key. Mm. Could you let me in or whatever? And he ends up crawling, he ends up getting into her place, wakes her up. She, um. She buzzes, he buzzes. Or he buzzes her and she opens the door and she's obviously really tired yeah and her house is a mess um and she doesn't realize that it's thursday and she I has hate thursday what she's like i hate thursday i hate thursdays and, and she had to go see um sally tomato sally tomato at um in prison mm-hmm. 
Anywho, so they're talking, she's brushing her teeth, uh, getting ready, looking all stylish and all that, doesn't really know what she does. <clears throat> um, he says, hey, I'm, I'm moving in. Um, yeah, I appreciate you talking to me or whatever. Um, and so she's like, can I call you Fred? You remind me of my brother. Is it all right if I call you Fred? So anyway, she goes and uh, what happens afterwards? Fill it in. For we her. don't have to go through every detail of the yeah. movie, but suffice it to say, they start to have a friendship. Yeah, because and Yeah, sorry. Not that long after she goes to see Sally Tomato, Tomato, she ends up in bed with George Papard. But because it's the 60s, they didn't have sex. She's staying there because another guy kind of wants to be with her. Yeah, it's, it's one of her um, clients. And she runs out of the bedroom when she thinks that he's trying to get too close. Right. They kind of make up and there's like this cool party scene. Yeah, there's a so let me start there. The cool party scene, she runs into a friend of hers named Mag Wildwood. And she really is wild because she gets like stinking drunk. Mm -hmm. Really, really drunk. Um, And she passes out. And there's all these things going on and and Holly Golightly, Audrey Hepburn's character, is talking to all kinds of people and um I guess one of the uh yeah, it's it's, it's all these weird people. I and, and and she um introduces um uh, Fred slash Paul to Mr uh Trawler. What's his name? I'm bad with names. I forgot. Mr. Trawler, who um, is uh, one of the people that she knows in that world. And um, uh, uh, Mickey Rooney's character, I forgot what his name was, the Japanese landlord, um, uh, call the police because they're causing a disturbance and uh, takes her to, uh, it takes her off to the police station. Yeah. Because they find out that Sally Tomato is a part of the mob. No. Or that they, she's been, she's what? No, what? they take her off to the police station during the party because it's so loud. It is so loud. You're foreshadowing something that's coming up I, later in the movie. I understand, I understand. Eventually, she gets out of prison, all that stuff, and she's kind of like just blowing things off and going through life. And Fred is trying to make a career out of being a writer. By this point in the movie, she's already seen that he has a book of short stories out, and she knows that he's working on a novel. Right. He starts to sell some more short stories, and their relationship gets a little bit more close. At one point, he goes to meet Sally Tomato in prison. Um, they, they spend this day together, just yep. going around the city. Yep. Do you want to pick it up, or do you want me to keep going? Well, okay. Sometime during the movie, and I know this is kind of... I know that they spend a, a, a day in the city, and, and you can fill in if you want. But he ends up meeting um, Doc... A, a guy who calls himself Doc Golightly. Mm -hmm. And a guy from Texas. He tells um, Paul slash Fred that um, not only is her name not Holly Golightly, but he she's married to him... Her name is really Lula May, and she's supposed to be taking care of her brother and her children who um, are not really her children. Yeah. That's her stepkids and him, and that he wants to bring her back. And she, he's like, really? Okay, well, uh, and he says, well, well, you know, take care of Lula May and make sure that she eats. 
fill in. Fill okay, in. Audrey Hepburn gives this dude the impression that she's going back to the farm life. Mm-hmm. And Fred goes with her to the station. Then she breaks the news to your buddy that... Doc. Doc. That she's not going back with him. And she's not Lula May anymore. And he leaves. She cries. They go out about their life. Now, to to maybe speed this up a little bit, Holly wants to settle down with a rich dude. Mm -hmm. And she eventually finds this guy whose family is pretty successful in life. Mr. Trawler. Mr. Trawler. Well, well, she introduced... um, she she told yeah. him about Mr. Trawler. But the reason I say she finds him eventually is because, yeah, he's at the party, but she initially wanted to go out with this other dude who's like the ninth richest man yep. in America under yep. 50. Exactly. Until she finds out that uh, his family is... Um, well, there's a couple of different things. One, he's on the front of the newspaper with somebody else. But by then, she's already moved on because his family has all the money. I thought Mr. Trolley was a guy that was the ninth richest guy under 50. No, his family has power overseas. Oh, okay. 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 So, by now, George Papard is falling in love with your girl. Yes, and he admitted it to her. He admitted it to her. But she still thinks she has to go out of town and is excited to move on until she gets arrested after having a nice dinner with George Papard. Yep. After there's an accident in her kitchen. Yep, that's right. And she's and arrested she really drunk. because he spread information out of the prison from Sally Tomato to his lawyer. Yep, that's right. She thinks she's just given a weather report. Exactly. But uh, this is before Fox News, but they still have dog whistles. Oh my goodness. That was a that, that that was a version of a dog whistle. Yes. And George Papard calls uh I guess you could call this man her ex-agent in yeah. L.A. Yeah, that one. Fred Baby. Fred Baby. And it's like, is, actually, it's Paul Baby. Yeah, and this is after we found out that the real Fred died in an accident. That's right. She um she was very distraught over young Fred. Yeah, starts throwing things, even the cat. Oh, yeah, and then and then she she, she um she gets in a cab with him. And, well, uh, we got to get uh, to her getting out of prison, babes. I know, I know. And getting to the end, babes. I know. Okay. Do you, actually, do you want to pick it up? No, no, you go on here. You're, you're, we're almost close to the end anyway. All right. George Papard gets the agent to give her the money to get her out of prison. She's supposed to lay low. Things are going to be fine as long as she doesn't stir the pot too much. Yes. Even though the marriage proposal is off the table now between her and the rich dude, yep. she still wants to go out of the country. Mm-hmm. And George Papard explains, I'm in love with you. I want to be with you. She's like, nobody belongs to anybody. She opens the door and pushes the cat outside. And and he's like, he gives her this very quick speech, but it's very powerful saying, yeah. you know, you you want to claim to be free, but you're just creating this false sense of security. You're really a prisoner to yourself. And then he goes... You're, you're, you're running, you can run as much as you want to, but you're only going to run into yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing here. Yeah. He leaves the cat to look for the cat. She goes after him. They find the cat. They kiss each other. Well, not her and the cat, her and <laughs> The cat was hiding behind the trash can. And the trash. And yeah. the movie ends. It was a good movie. It was a good movie. But it, it, it really shows, and, and Audrey Hepburn did a really good job of it, that even though she obviously was working as a hooker. um, They couldn't say that. They then. couldn't say it back then, but 
it was obvious that she had clientele and, and, and that one crazy guy was trying to get into her door. Mm-hmm. Um, it was obviously that she was a hooker. Um, but she was trying to fill things in her, fill her life up with things that didn't really satisfy. And that even though she left her life with her husband, who actually seemed like a nice guy, um, Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she, you know, I, th- I really think that he wanted her, he wanted her to come back. And she didn't think that she had anything to come back to and um, that she was emotionally unavailable. That she, she was. was acting like she was emotionally unavailable. unavailable. Yes. And then, and then when she got drunk, um, that would just take everything away, but she wasn't making a whole lot of sense. This is a really powerful film. Yeah. Well... There's a bunch of different ways we could go with this movie, right? We've already examined the racism in it. Yep. But there's more to it than that. Yep. Um, obviously, if it was made today, you could be a, more honest about the fact that she's a call girl. Yep. And back then, you couldn't because even though it was the end of the code era, it was still going on. And if if they would have been, you know, just said she's, she's a high price hooker yeah something worse would have had to happen to her in the movie or there would have had major issues releasing it in this in this country yep um so, so what does this film teach us about saying things without actually saying them i think there are ways you can say them without actually saying them mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah i think they were clever to do that and i mean yeah you could tell because she she always had to look very nice yeah. and she there were some strange people that were coming to her building because everybody knows if yeah. you watch this movie that she's a call girl yep everybody does but they they do it without doing it because they had to they would probably call her like a, a social light yeah exactly you know because the social lights i mean social lights don't have to hook for money but they can but they can and they and they have like the most expensive everything just like the social lights of today mm. And they're always looking nice, and they're always looking classy, and they're not... They don't appear to be trashy people. And and um, Holly Golightly doesn't appear to be a trashy person, but you know what she does. Yeah. And this movie does a very good job at suggesting it without being suggestive. Like, overly suggestive. What does this film also teach us about freedom being an illusion? Being an illusion. Well, okay, I think it's an illusion to her. Go ahead. If that makes any sense. Explain. Because she thinks that she's a free spirit and she's hooking up with all these guys. If you don't, you don't see a lot of it, but it's pretty, um, you could tell, right? She's hooking up with all these guys. She had a family back at this farm and she thinks that they, to her, were maybe constricting. Like she didn't feel like she had the freedom when they were, when they were together, when she was with Doc, and now that she's doing this, she still can't find satisfaction in her own freedom. If that makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah. Her freedom to her isn't really freedom, in 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 a in a way because, she's she's running from herself. She doesn't want to be alone with herself. I like that. I could go with that. Good. What can we learn about chasing our dreams? 
And I'm specifically thinking about the character Fred or a version, yeah, slash Paul the George Papar plays. Because it's easy to say, oh, he gets the girl at the end, but he also, in this journey, becomes better or more successful at being a writer. He mm. gets past a lot of his issues. Yeah. Because yeah, by the time we meet him, he hasn't published a book since 1956. Right. And it's only a book of short stories. Now, I know since this film came out in 61 and it's based on what was in the modern age, 56 isn't that long ago. But it does imply that he's been spending a couple years not really living up to his potential as a writer. Absolutely. So what can we learn from him about um, chasing our dreams? I think that it's probably would be safe to say that it took him a while, but he got there. If that makes any sense. Okay. Does that make sense to you? If I were to paraphrase it or just to rick it up a little bit, yeah, I would say that he had to go through some struggles to get his desired life. But he, since he was willing to fight for what he wanted and and have some conviction, he was able to achieve some stuff. Exactly. Yeah. He, he did that. Yep. It took him a while, but he got to his goal. How did you feel watching this film, knowing that one of the uh, the uh, actors in this movie didn't even make, probably didn't even survive and did see nineteen seventy? And I'm, I'm of course I'm talking about the cap. <laughs> it's probably dead by nineteen seventy. <laughs> well, I don't know how they trained that cat, but I would imagine he was a very strange cat because he was like jumping on people's shoulders, right? Yeah, and he was a stray one. I would hope that the cat. Got some uh, shots before. I, I would hope that the cat got some shots before um, they hired him to uh, be in this movie. I love the cat in this film. <laughs> it sounded to me like he was a friendly cat, but he would go to everybody. And I hope I, I'm thinking that he did get his shots. Yes. But I always wondered how they trained um, animals to 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 play parts like that. I don't know, but cats are pretty smart, though. They are. Yeah. Yeah, and he actually seemed like a nice cat, and and. And she didn't call him a name. She just called him Cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also interesting because from what I read, Audrey Hepburn was how you would expect somebody of her stature to be. Oh, yeah. And George Papard was a complete asshole on the set of this film. I heard she was a very classy woman. Yeah. Very classy, very distinguished, very nice. Everything that you would expect her to be. Yeah. Um... I don't know if she hated George Papard, but, uh, you know, she was able to make it through. She pretended like she cared about him, and that's what you need when you're an actress. Was she? Was he kind of like a, like a, what you would call a diva? Yeah, that's what it seemed like from what I've read about him. Yeah. But who knows how much of that is true and how much of it is people just wanting to paint him like, you know, a bad person. Just for the book. Yeah. But for real, I really only know him for this, and I know that he was on the A-team. But he, he did uh, he did a ton of dun, stuff. Dun, 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 bum, bum, yeah. bum. We still have seen uh, Mr. T in this movie, but he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> I did watch The A-Team when I was a kid. Oh. And um, it's been a very, very long time. And I watched it because of Mr. T. Nice. And um, I enjoyed seeing the Mr. T cartoon. Nice. Um, and The A-Team. Yes. Because, you know, we we, we, we like the uh, Pity the Fool. That's right. Anyway, um, I think he's still alive. I know he's had health issues, but he might still be with us. And he used to carry, like, a, a bunch of gold around. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. Strong guy. Good, good, good. Anyway, um, no, no, I uh, I didn't know that he was in the A-team. It's, it's 
I had I didn't realize he was in the A team. Uh, I gotta say something about Breakfast at Tiffany's. I don't well let me Okay. I'm getting a little bit older and I'm starting to think that maybe I shouldn't just stick my foot in my mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, because um, that wouldn't be good. One would make the argument maybe I should have come to this conclusion as a teenager instead of when I'm almost 40, but life is what it is. Yeah. Is, do you think it's all right if I tell the story of the conversation I had with a friend of mine earlier this week. If you say it's it's a little bit too much, I won't I won't talk. It depends about. on what it's about. It's it was about Lolita and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh oh oh! I think that would be great. Go okay. On. Yeah. Since Alana gave me the okay, because <laughs> I heard the story and I had I had to laugh. And if it sucks, Alana said it was cool. <laughs> I'm on the phone with a friend of mine, and we're talking about Lolita. My friend has not seen the film versions of it, but he's read the book. And I said, we watched the movie. We're going to read the book soon. And I said, and this weekend we're watching Breakfast at Tiffany's. So we start talking about Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I say, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, in the movie they couldn't say that she was a hooker. Because we were we were talking about how they implied things in Lolita. And, uh-huh. and then we go to Breakfast at Tiffany's. But, yeah. you know... It, it's known, and he says, she wasn't a hooker on Breakfast at Tiffany's. And I said, yes, she was a hooker on Breakfast at Tiffany's. We start talking about this, and we have another friend on the line who has a kid, and I only bring up the our third friend had a kid because his kid was kind of, like, you know, interrupting him at that time. Oh, right, right. And right. so he comes back to the conversation, yeah. our third friend, yeah. and I say, so-and-so, have you read the book Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's or seen the movie? And he's like, I have, I have not. By the way, this is the same friend who I was talking about earlier who apparently I taught him some curse words when he came to America. Uh-oh. He's since grown up. Yeah. And he's like, uh, Rick, I have not seen Breakfast at Tiffany's so I cannot contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I say, okay, cool. We kind of drop it. My other friend who I had this disagreement about, it just won't let it go. And he finally says, hey, let me read this to you. And he reads this thing, and it's saying, uh, you know, um, she's definitely not a hooker. And I said, but that, okay, that's great, but that sounds a lot like Lolita. And he's like, yeah, that's Lolita. And I said, yeah, but we were talking about Berkets and Tiffany's. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, there's a hooker in that, but they, they didn't say it in the movie. I, when you told me that story, and I'm, I'm thinking, are you serious? Are you absolutely serious? Okay, I'm dyslexic. I mess things up all the time. And by the way, I I never never once held it against you, right? But it it's it's fair. But we were very clear when we were talking about it implied that she was a hooker, it, that it was breakfast at Tiffany's, that we'd moved on from Lolita. And these these are two different women. It was repeated multiple yeah. times that I'm referring to breakfast at Tiffany's, and Holly Golightly was named multiple times in the discussion. Absolutely, yes. And we're talking about Holly Golightly being implied. That she uh, not, was a uh, not Lolita exactly. Dolores Hades. Exactly. Hayes. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> and and not to mention that Lolita was a young uh, young girl, and uh, Holly Golightly was a woman already. She was a young woman. She was a, she was a young woman, and they're they're two different uh, people in uh, two different age groups. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yes. That is so funny. Thank you. Uh, so, Sounds like Lolita. Yeah, we could. Be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I I just thought it was quite funny I, when he told me that. I'm like, 
Are you serious? Because he's reading a description of the character and it's not saying the name. And I'm like, that sounds more like Lolita. But we've clearly been talking about Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my goodness. And I've clearly called it Breakfast at Tiffany's so he could have corrected me. And he thought it was, it's just a weird thing. But yeah. Oh Sometimes my. Sometimes people are going to mix up. Common sense is not so common, babes. No, it just went out the window in that. In those few moments. Yes. Now let's talk about a film that you were super excited to watch. I was excited to watch, but I was so... And I could tell during the movie how much you No, I wanted to watch it, but I was so tired. So I think it's going to be one of those movies that I think we should rewatch again. We have not rewatched any movies. No, we haven't. Yeah. No. Uh, one day though, maybe if we rewatch it, maybe we could uh, rewatch it and watch Pulp Fiction since you haven't mm. seen it. You need to see it at some point, babes. I don't need to see anything. It's a flaw. I yeah. describe Pulp Fiction as a flawed masterpiece. I have issues with it, but it's it's a film that you need to watch at some point. Do I need to yes. really watch it? Yes, okay. it'll give you a better sense of film in the nineties. It's maybe babes. I don't know if I want to say this. It's one of the most important films of the nineties. That doesn't mean it's my favorite film of that decade. Uh Uh-oh. But it's one of the most important films of the 90s. For many different reasons. Uh Oh, okay, well, okay. Anyway, let's let's move on here. I'm willing to rewatch Odd Man Out if we pair it with uh, Pulp Fiction. Ugh. Okay, but we can talk about that at some later date. Yeah. You want me to get... I guess I will be giving the over. Yes, you you have to because I wasn't awake for most of it. (laughs) I'm going to make it... terrible. It's terrible. I'm going to make it super fast. Okay. Um, because my throat is parched, and I think I need something to drink. I also am a little hungry too. So oh yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll wrap this up. I'll give like the thirty second okay. recap. Okay. Starts off, these guys are planning a bank robbery. Go in, rob the bank, and outside when they're leaving, there's a scuffle between a member of the crew and a cop. The crew member kills the cop, and he jumps on the side of the car. It's super old, old car. Tries to get in through the window, but the driver isn't slowing down. And he hits something. The guy on the outside of the car breaks his arm, falls off, and they leave him there. Mm-hmm. They, but they see him stammering. They decide to go back. They can't find it. And it escalates and escalates. And there are tons of people by the end of the movie who are looking for this guy. Including <coughs> a priest, a woman, uh, a guy who's into birds, and all this stuff. And the woman eventually finds him, and she's in love with this man. She sees that there are cops heading towards him. (coughs) She knows that he doesn't have long to live and that Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to go into custody. Mm -hmm. And she wants to be with him in his final moments. So she shoots at the cops, and they kill them both. Wow. And the priest comes over and is hovering over their dead bodies. The movie ends. Wow. Did I do a good job? Yes, you did. Did your boy land it? Yes, yes, yes. My 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 man landed it. Yes. Um, I really wish that I was awake for all of it, but like I said, I was really tired, and I was awake for parts of it, and uh, I really want to rewatch it. I would give the movie a seven. Um, I would give uh Breakfast at Tiffany's at least um a seven and a half. I would give Breakfast at Tiffany's like an eight and a half. Well, I okay. Really? And, yeah. and the only reason why I gave it a seven and a half was because of the racist part of it. That's fair. Mm. That's fair. Maybe I'd give it an eight. Yeah. But um, 
I, I, I can't give that one a grade because if I was awake for the other one, then I probably would. Yeah, that's fair. Give it a seven. Well, good. And the, um, the Irish family was his friend's family. Is that right? I believe so. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh... Because, uh, real quick, at one point his friends were discussing what should be done about this. And they're over at this lady's house. She yeah. calls the cop on, cops on them. And I believe she's the mother of one of the friends who is discussing the fate of him, of this man. Yes. Odd man out. Odd man out. Yes. We well, could. good, babes. And tonight we're going to have fun. We're going to watch a simple plan and broadcast news. Yes. Yes. I hope they're good. I, I do too. I haven't seen either of them. And I went to see a simple plan with a friend of mine in the movie theater. Yeah. But it was sold out. Oh. And I, I just never saw it. When did that come out, Bob? 1998. I want to say in January of that year. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's too bad. And I kept, I just told myself throughout the years, I'm going to watch a simple plan. And I never have. So I'm excited. I, I, I'm excited too. I hope it's good. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I did think that um, Bridget Fonda's character, Melanie and Jackie Brown, wasn't the smartest person. Um, no. But I thought it was really funny because um, <laughs> because um, um, uh, Robert De Niro's character shoots her. Yeah. And then and Samuel L. Jackson's like, wait, 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 wait. You shot her? You shot Melanie? <laughs> what? Why'd you do that? Yes, she I, did. Uh, I don't, yes or no? Did. Yes, she did. Yeah, because um, she just could not shut up. Yeah, and she wasn't the smartest person, and he had to, and he just decided, okay, I'm just going to shoot this. But lady. first, he starts mumbling when uh, Samuel L. Jackson is where's Melanie. He's like, oh, man, you know how she is. Yeah, yeah. Like, wait, 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 you shot her. <laughs> I had to say that was a funny scene. Like, That's a great. Why movie. did you do that? Yeah, and then he counts the money and and realizes that there's. Uh, how much money is there? Shit, forty, fifty thousand, maybe less. Um, I, 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 I could quote that movie all day. I really wish you wouldn't. And one day, babes, maybe I will grant you the luxury of seeing me do a one man version of a movie. I don't think. But that... it would have to be something like Jackie Brown that I know really. Uh, I don't think so. I had a friend, babes, in yeah. high school. Yeah. It's actually the same friend who I went to see a simple plan with. I can guess it, right? You can. You're not going to say the. Name. I'm not going to say the name. Yeah, but is that the one that you had a falling out with? Yes, and the the falling out was completely my fault. Oh. Like it wasn't his fault in the least. It was I. Uh, I'm telling you, I was in the wrong. That's not good. Yeah, yeah. This this is not the one from L.A. But anyways, my friend could quote Animal House from beginning to end. Wow. Yeah. I've heard of people doing that. I don't think I'd want to be around if they did that. I know that I've quoted movies too, but then I realized. Yeah, that could get really annoying for people. You hate it when I do it. Uh, it's n- I don't like it. I think it's kind of annoying, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. So you don't want me to do Jackie Brown? No, I and I used to quote more stuff when I. I mean, I I, I have to admit I did quote. Um, when we were watching The Lion King, I did, and then I realized, yep. wait a minute, that could be really annoying. Yeah. And I used to do that when I was. When I was a teenager, when me and my friend used to do that. But that that was our thing. Nice. And I realized, I'm not going to do that so much. I remember, Bubs, I remember when I first, um, when I first moved to Portland. And I was um, attending Multnomah University at the time. And I was watching this movie with um, my roommate, one of my roommates, and a friend of hers, I think it was. And she was like quoting Zoolander, 
And I thought it was really annoying. Well, first of all, Zoolander is a very overrated movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get why people think that movie's funny. There's a bunch was, of movies I don't get. That. I didn't think it was that funny, honestly. It was it was okay. I mean, there were some funny parts, but I didn't think it was like laugh out loud funny like the Naked Gun movies. There, there was one joke in it that I kind of giggled at where they're looking at, I guess, this modeling school that, yeah. uh, and it's a replica of the modeling school and it's really small. Yeah. That uh, Ben Stiller is supposed to endorse. And he's like, how are they going to fit in something this small? I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> But that's like one joke in like a ninety-minute movie. Yeah. 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 I I thought yeah I, I it was okay. I mean I thought it was kind of fun that um his wife was in it with him. But yeah. Um. Maybe I should rewatch yeah. it at some point. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we we could rewatch it. I I at the time and and I was a little bit disappointed because I thought it was going to be a lot more funnier. But yeah, I told you that I watched Anchorman yeah. a couple weeks ago. I don't yeah. remember if I said it here. It's. I don't think Will Ferrell is funny, but it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. I still couldn't recommend it. Okay. But it, it, it I thought it was going to be a lot worse just because Will Ferrell's in it, and I, I think he's super overrated. Okay. Yeah. But, I think we, I actually think you did talk about oh, did it. I, oh, did I? That's okay. I'm sorry about that. I did like Well, everybody else w- loves Will Ferrell besides from me, so. I think he's okay. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I know you didn't really care for Elf, but I liked it. Well, good. Yeah. Good. I thought he was fun as an elf. That would good be. Well, that's just me. Yes, yes. 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 Um, and both uh, Trump and Biden have said positive things about Will Ferrell. They did? Show. No, I don't. No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if they were if they were being interviewed like how um, Obama was interviewed about what's on his iPod. They do that with ideas? every president, though. Mm-hmm. It's not just Obama. They did it more with Obama, though. Would you agree? They might have done it more with Obama, but they do that with every president. Uh, I don't know about that. They do. Mm. I'm telling you, babes, they do. Like, there's a... I know I've been on a Siskel and Ebert kick. Yeah. But there's an episode, it was after Siskel died, Mm -hmm. where Roger Ebert interviews um, Bill Clinton about the movies that he loved. But Bill Clinton being, you know, the politician, picks, you know, typical Hollywood fare like the Ten Commandments and, you know, God with the Now, I did not hear him play the sax, but I'm I'm at least willing to look on YouTube and look for a clip of him playing it because I got to touch his sax. I got to touch the um, Bill Clinton sax at the um, Hard Rock Cafe I went to. Oh, that's pretty cool. The one that he used on Arsenio. I believe so. Yes, nice. that was the only one that was in um, the Hard Rock Cafe, and 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 it was there for um, an exhibit. Very cool. And then I got to touch um, Elvis's motorcycle. Nice. Isn't that cool? That is cool, babes. It is. Yes. Yeah, they have some cool stuff there. Very cool. I went to the one in um, in California. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Nice, nice. I remember in school there was some exhibit that was it. It wasn't at, at MLC or anything. But a, a student had gone to, like, D.C., and she got to touch the Fonzie jacket that he wore <gasps> on Happy Days. Cool. Yeah, and I remember everybody was super impressed That, that. is so cool. I would love to touch that jacket just because um, when I was a kid and I would watch Happy Days, I had a little crush on the character. I'm not going to lie. Oh. I thought he was cool. I told you that a friend of mine met Henry Winkers... Winkers. <laughs> Henry Winkler's assistant. And I know. He, and Henry Winkler's wife. And she said that they seem both like very nice people. 
The assistant and his wife. Yeah, and Henry Winkler's wife. Did he did he meet Henry Winkler? She did not meet Henry Winkler, but she said that she got the impression that Henry Winkler is actually a nice man in public. And he seems like a really nice, chill dude if you've ever seen him. He kind of seems like your local guy in the neighborhood that writes that writes books for yes. children. Yes. And um that was um that played um Fonzie and and um what was that one show you saw him in? The one that was um about um uh what's his name barry something the show is called barry he's not the star of it he plays barry's acting teacher yeah he's really good on that show and there's a scene i love yeah where henry winkler's character is having lunch with the son and the son is like you were never there and henry winkler says something like i did what every great actor did i improvised i left you wanting more <laughs> <laughs> I had to say when you told me that scene, I thought that was really funny. Thank you. But 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 uh, literally, um, like seriously, Henry Winkler seems like like you're you're all American guy. Like, yeah, he just seems like a nice person. The guy in the neighborhood that um, you um, could probably stop by the house and have lunch with him or have him read you a story. He just seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and he's also good on Arrested Development as I believe the lawyer for the family. Ah. Yes. Yes, but Jay, well, you wanted to get something to eat. Yes, I do. Henry, Henry Winkler aside. Okay. But if I ever had a chance to meet Henry Winkler, I would say I kind of had a crush on the Fonz. But oh. it, you know, I knew he wasn't real, but, you know, a nine-year-old could dream. I hope it's not one of those things to where it comes out after he dies that he's a complete perv. I don't think it will. I don't think, he just does not, I, I. I he doesn't I, seem like that. I mean, it would be weird if we found out that he was a perv um, and he wrote children's books. Right. That would be weird, but he doesn't seem the kind of guy that... No, no, he seems fairly normal. For somebody as, as, who is as famous as he is, he seems like a cool dude. And was he um, was he the mayor of some place? I don't think so. Or, um, no, he wasn't. I don't remember if he went into politics. I know that, um, that Sonny Bono was a mayor of Palm Springs Uh-oh. at one time. Nice. But I don't remember if Henry Winkler decided to do anything like that. I mean, just just his name alone, Henry Winkler, right? Yeah. He just sounds like Mr. Winkler in the neighborhood. Yes. Very good there, babes. Yes, very oh. good. All right, babes, so we close this with a kiss, unless there's other stuff you want to say. No, let's seal it with a kiss, Dale. Yes. Bye-bye. Very good there. Oh, my goodness. Hi, babes. Okay. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.